fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. <laughs> it's the amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, good morning. Riding on the same horse as Clay here this morning. Um, Clay volunteered to come up and do a little bit of work here at Sky High. I'm going to maybe paint some decks, paint some, not you, Steve Deck, uh, paint some other stuff. It's been a couple, three days, so going to take him out to, Rodney's going to take us out. You hear me, Rob? You're going to take us out to breakfast this morning, and then we'll be up and at it and run. You know, I was thinking before I came down here, Clay, say hi to the folks. Good morning, team. We got to give him a better hat than that. You can wear one of those, don't you, Clay? That hat looks stupid. Whatever. No, it doesn't look stupid, but it doesn't look not a Coach Dave Live type hat. Um, I, you don't have to. I'm just kidding. There you go. There, there you go. There you go. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, just kind of looking at everything that's going on around us, and look at that bugging up. <laughs> get him out. Got to get him out of my 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 light. And what we were talking about yesterday, and I don't know if you guys took took the opportunity to. To watch that video that we put up there from, uh, uh, I forget his name, Lynn Horowitz. If you didn't get a chance, go back and watch that thing. It's un- it is unbelievable. And I'm, I want you guys to know this. I, I never, yeah, in so many ways, I feel so inadequate because I'm really not a Bible scholar. I'm really not. Remember this. I was raised Catholic. I was Catholic till I was 38 years old. And I, you know, I knew all the Catholic traditions and I knew mortal sin and venial sin. I sin every day in thought, word, and deed. And I knew all, I knew all those rituals and all that stuff of the Catholic church. I had no understanding at all of the Bible. I didn't have any. And uh, so I, I, ju- I jumped in when I got sued by the, by the American Civil Liberties Union. That's when I really, for lack of a better term, that's when I really began to dive into the Bible because I thought something, something, something in right here. And it all started out with, the idea of the separation between the church and state, I got into that and then let me, uh, you guys will find this out. When you are willing, when you are willing to let go of a deeply held belief that is wrong, that's when real freedom comes. Real freedom comes when you're, when you're willing to look yourself in the eye and you say, you, you know what? Uh, I was wrong. Whoever told me that, that was wrong. And I'm, I'm just telling you, that is, that is, it's like, oh, this will sound arrogant. But it's the truth. As I as, as I say, as I call him like I see him, as Yogi Berra said, I call him like I see him. The more I call him like I see him, the more clearly I see them. Does that, that make sense, Clay? Mm-hmm. The more I'm willing to call him like I see him, the more clearly I see him. In, in, in other words, the more I'm willing to say what I think the Lord has shown me without worrying about whether you're going to get mad. You're going to suck on your thumb. You want to fight because you don't believe it that way. The more I'm willing to to say it, the more I see it, the more clearly I see it. And i got to tell you something. Uh, it's going to make a lot of you uncomfortable. I, I believe this to the depth of my being, Over, especially over the last few days, been studying some stuff. Um, religion is the greatest bondage of all. There I said it. Okay. There I said it. 
Religion is the greatest bondage of all. Not Christianity. Not Christianity. No, 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 no. Religious things that you've been taught. And I was thinking, I was mowing a little bit yesterday, Clay. I didn't didn't really have a chance to talk to Clay because he rolled in. I was already asleep when he rolled in. I was out mowing yesterday, and I'm going to really step on some toes here. Hang on, okay? And I was thinking, uh, I love mowing because you can't hear anything, right? (laughs) You just can't hear anything since you and the Lord. And so so I'm just thinking as I'm rolling around. And I, I, you know what popped into my head? I was, I was thinking about, golly, uh, I was thinking about traditions. Uh, he teaches commandments and doctrines of men making the word of God of none effect and all that stuff. And replaying in my head some of the stupid things they taught me in church and things I didn't really understand about the spiritual realm. And nobody will talk about the spiritual realm. And because nobody will talk about it, the Lord's brought people into my life like Russ Dizdar and, and L.A. Marzulli and some of these edgy, edgy people that nobody would have ever known anything about. And the Lord exposed me to that. And the more I was exposed to that stuff, the more I researched it, the more I saw it, the more I realized, man, there's a lot of stuff they're not telling us. There's a lot of stuff they're not, they're not mm-hmm. telling us, right? And, I, I, and, and so um, Matthew Henry popped into my brain. Matthew Henry. Now, I don't even know who Matthew Henry is. Pull, up, pull that up there real quick, Spence, if you can. Matthew Henry commentaries. Matthew Henry commentaries on the Bible. If I, uh, again, a little Catholic boy, uh, if I have this right, Matthew Henry was one of the, man, he's one of the main guys that told us what the Bible told us. Matthew Henry commentary on the whole Bible. You want to know what the Bible says? Well, go to Matthew Henry, written in 1706, and Matthew Henry will tell you everything the Bible says. What if he's wrong? What if what if Matthew Henry's wrong? In other words, just pull one of those up there for me. Just click on one of them, right? Doesn't matter which one. Gen, uh, Genesis 6. Uh the most remarkable thing we have upon record concerning the old world is the destruction of it by universal deluge, the account of which commences in the chapter when we have. So he goes on, talks about the flood, and it's all good. But what if he doesn't have, see, 1706, really? What kind of technology did we have in 1706? And so Matthew Henry becomes one of the go-to guys in regards to religion, theology, and God bless Matthew Henry. God bless him. But Matthew Henry's opinion, oh, we got to be very, very careful because nothing will deceive you more than the opinions of men. So-and-so, this guy told me this, and this guy told me this, and the priest told me this, and the bishop told me this. And Uncle Pastor Joe told me this, and Larry, the pastor, told me this. And so we end up following after traditions of men. And I thought, yeah, again, going back to the Catholic service, can somebody explain to me? I mean, really, I'm saying this with an open heart. Can somebody explain to me what that thing is all about, that Catholic mass? I'm not beating on Catholicism. If you're out there and you're Catholic and you're getting upset, quit sucking on your thumb. Can you tell me why you go back in and perform the same ritual Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday? Same ritual. I I haven't been in the Catholic church forever. I could have led church service because why? I sat under it for... 38 years, and after 38 years, I knew how to do it. I just wasn't uh, ordained, or I wasn't a, the priest, or what, whatever. Are you with me? But can I tell you something else? It ain't no better than the Presbyterian Church. It ain't any different. It ain't any different than the Methodist Church. They've just got a different form of ritual that they follow, right? Right? Well, here's the thing, Coach. Matthew Henry, he may be wrong, but what's <laughs> so great about your show is that you're willing to discuss You're allowed to be wrong. 
and, and you're willing to discuss it. So yeah. if you bring the topic up, even if you're wrong, then you can have a healthy debate about it. And then people will go maybe all day long. Like I told you on my drive yesterday, I thought about the morning show <laughs> and, and on my six hour drive, I was thinking about the morning show all day long. I mean, I hope you were too. I hope that every day when you come here, I hope it inspires you to think, not get mad at me, but think, golly, yeah, that damn coach, I'd love to prove him wrong. Well, go do it. Go do it. Because, you know, you don't have to have a certain set of doctrinal beliefs in order to come here. You come here, all you, you know, you're walking in here. You're walking to believe what you believe. But why do you get mad? Why do you get mad? See, the reason we get mad is because we've staked our whole life on this belief. And it wasn't true. I'm not talking about just religion. See, I, I staked my whole life believing that there was freedom of religion in America. You think there's a freedom of religion in America, folks? They tell us that, that there is First Amendment, freedom of speech, right to peacefully. Are those still there? Are those just tr- traditions that we say are here, but they're not here anymore? There's, there's, no, there's no freedom of religion in America. There's no freedom of speech in America, right? There's no free press in America anymore. But yet we continue to hold on to these traditions as if they were true. Hey, I got sued because I had... I thought I had the right to freedom of, to pray, freedom of religion. I, they lied to me, Claire. I didn't, I didn't have that, right? It was just a facade. And can I tell you what's going on? See, the church goes along with it. Which, which is worse, a lying, uh, deceptive government or a lying, deceptive doctrine in your church? Which is more deadly? Hmm. See, it's easy for me to say, well, that's a government. That's, just, that, that's a government. I don't believe in government. So, what about your church? Huh? And all these different denominations in your town. If you started right now, put put your hand up, start counting the number of different denominational churches right where you live, and ask yourself how there can be any type of unity within Christianity. How can there be? In fact, in your church, probably there are pro-choice and pro-death people probably sitting right in the same church serving the same God. Right? And the last thing they want to do, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. You know, they tried to silence us during COVID, didn't they? They shut down the churches because they didn't want the truth going forward. But I'm going to tell you something. Pastors shut down the truth just as much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You want to stand up in the middle of a congregation and talk about something? Huh? You want to stand up and talk about abortion publicly in a congregation? Oh, good luck on that one, baby. They'll shut you down just as fast, right? Right? So what? Bible says you shall know the truth. And the truth, if you know, it's going to make you free. What if you don't know the truth? What's the opposite of freedom? Tyranny. Bondage. Yeah, bondage. So if you don't know the truth, you're in bondage. And one of the things that tried to pride tried to pride ourselves on here is we're on a as Russ Rush Limbaugh would say, relentless pursuit of the truth. If it's not true, I don't want to know it. No, no. If it's not true, I want to know it's not true. And if it is true, I want to know that it's true. I don't want to believe something just because it's a tradition, because my daddy believed it. My mom believed him. Dad before him believed him. What? 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 I want to know the truth. And I know this about the Catholic Church. And I listen, I'm not talking just about the Catholic Church. You can walk into a Catholic Church. You can sit in there for 40 years and never open a Bible. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen out there. By the way, you can probably walk into your Presbyterian Church. Amen. Huh? 
You can probably walk. Well, Baptists will probably crack it open every once in a while, but they got their strict doctrine in, man. Don't you bring, don't you come in here, be, be charismatic. Uh-uh. Oh, no, no. Don't you bring the gifts of the spirit in here. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. We don't do that here, man. We don't believe in that stuff here, right? So the deception is everywhere. The deception. And Clay and I were having a little bit of a discussion. I'm going somewhere. Hang on. <clears throat> See, there's a difference, as, as we've said before. Uh, could, uh, Spencer, could you pull back up that verse that Myra read before the show? Because I want to show I want to show you something, folks. This Myra Myra prays before the show every day, right? <clears throat> and uh, she First Corinthians fifteen twenty four through twenty seven. I want you to see something. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God. Wow, I could preach right there. Even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority. And power. See, authority and power are not the same thing. My neighbor has the ability to come and drive my car wherever he wants to, if I left the keys in him. He has the power to do that. He didn't have the authority to do it. And so when we got talking about the scripture yesterday, all power is given unto me, both in heaven and earth, go ye therefore. See, authority gets in here, right? What we are seeing in America today is a usurpation of power. Hey, Spencer, see how smart you are. Pull up that big word for those people who went to public school. Usurp, usurpation, usurp, usurp, usurpation. There it is. What is usurpation? Well, usurpation is the act of seizing or occupying and enjoying the property of another. All right. Wow. So I didn't read this this morning. This is the Holy Spirit at work. As a usurpation of a throne, the usurpation of supreme power, the usurpation in a particular sense denotes the absolute ouster and dispossession of the patron of a church by presenting a clerk to a vacant benefice where is therefore admitted and instituted. In other words, the guy in charge, the real authority, kicked to the curb and somebody, oh my goodness, yes, uh, Barry Obama, usurper in chief. Joe Biden, usurper in chief. Right, yeah, folks. Yeah. That's what. So that's what. See, that's what we're dealing with. And the devil would like nothing better than to make sure that you clung tightly to your Baptist doctrine, or your Presbyterian doctrine, or your Catholic doctrine, or your Pentecostal doctrine, or your Church of God doctrine, or your Church of God in Christ doctrine, or your Church of Christ doctrine. Or your Lutheran doctrine. You with me? With me? So if you cling tightly to a different set of things that are not necessarily true, you end up in the mess that we find ourselves in today. And I, I, I would love. Hey, let, let's do this. Let, let's do this. Hang on a minute. Let me. Let me. Uh, get ready. Get ready. Hey, Gene. What? What? Were, what were you raised in? I'm going to call your name. I want you to tell me, okay? Hey, Gene, as a little child or whatever, what were you raised as, Gene? I was raised as a Mennonite brethren. Mennonite brethren. What were you, Jeff? Man. Huh? Jeff, no, what were you? Jeff, now, what were you? Presbyterian and Southern Presbyterian. Baptist. What were you, Deck? What were you, Steve Deck? Catholic. Catholic? What yes. were you, Jack? Wesley and Methodist. What the hell's that? What were you, Joanne? 
Um, Congregationalist. Oh boy, that sounds that sounds fancy. What were you playing? I was a mixed breed. I went to several different. He was a mutt, right? <laughs> he was a mutt. I, hey, huh? You get it? Who, who else? Who else? Somebody else? Somebody else? Tell some. I was a Methodist mutt. A Methodist. That, that, that explains it, R.J. Baptist. Huh? Baptist? Church of Christ. Huh? What? Church of Christ. Sure. What does that even mean? Right. What does that even mean? You mean I'm a Baptist and I'm not a Church of Christ? I'm in a church. I'm, I'm in a church where Christ didn't exist. Is that what you're telling me? You, you see this mess that we got? You see this mess? One thing, one thing I hope, the testimony of this show is, at the end of the day, you're pissed off and scratching your head. Say, daggone it. I always believed that. We, we have to be willing to let that go, folks. It's not new truth. It's not truth. There's only one truth. And that one truth, if you know it, will set you free. Amen. Can I? Oh, uh, uh, should I say it? Yeah, I should, I should say it. People say, well, coach, who's your pastor? Uh, the Holy Spirit. I don't, have, I don't have anybody that controls me. Sorry if you do. I'm sorry if you got some man that controls you. I don't, I don't have one. I got a lot of pastor friends. I have a lot of people who speak into my life. I have a lot of people who who uh, uh, correct me, direct me. I, I, I got a lot of people do that. But you mean you mean who's much? Who's my religious boss? Is that what you're asking me? Who's my religious boss? I, I don't have one. I serve a carpenter, right? And th- think about how we are all programmed. How your growth as a Christian has been stunted because why? You're dependent on some guy standing in the pulpit to direct your whole spiritual life. You don't have to say amen, although you should. Huh? You, ought to, you ought to say that. You say, Coach, are you against the local church? Well, hell no, I'm not against the local church. We are the local church. I just heard how many different denominations you are. Which one of those is the local church? Which one is it? Because I want to be in it, whichever one it is. And it, go ahead. Well, what you just said made me think about the, the woman that goes to our local abortion clinic or murder meal and she stands there you know pretty regularly and uh i don't i don't go very often so i when i went out there to stand with her the first time she said uh the first question she asked was what denomination are you what religion are you right she knew i was out there to support you know the the but not murdering the babies, babies, right? But instead of introducing herself and saying hello and all that, the first things was, "What's your denomination?" She's got to figure out what you believe. What's she? your doctrine? Yeah, there you and go. And if it didn't align with oh, her, yeah. then she's not going to stand next to you yeah. while you're trying That's to it. save babies. See, my doctrine is that life. My life, I try to protect unborn babies. What's your doctrine, man? You do, you for killing babies? What? Right? You see how they do that? This. You see how we automatically do that? So when people ask you, "What religion are you?" You're Christian, aren't you? Aren't you a Christian? Why would you answer a denomination? And when I told her that, I'm a Christian. Uh, my doctrine is Jesus. My doctrine is truth. She was still like, oh, okay, yeah, but. Yeah, but what? Huh? <laughs> but which one? She wants to know if she can stand on the sidewalk with you because she might she might have a different feeling about the rapture. She might have a different feeling about the gifts of the spirit. And she sure doesn't want to be standing around you if you'd happen to break out tongues, right? You with me, folks? Huh? So the very word denomination means to divide. Spencer, just so they can see it, and trust me, go to Webster. What is denomination? We've done this before. What does it say? Denomination <clears throat> is what? The act of naming. 
a name of appellation. The vocal customer used to express a thing or, or qualities and discourse, a class, society, or collection of individuals called by the same name. Mm-hmm. So what are you? I'm, oh, it, I like the Church of Christ. I mean, I like that, <laughs> yeah. but, but I'm just, uh, I'm a witness of Jesus. That's, that's you, my, you ain't none of those things, go. right? You ain't none. Of, I, by the way, hey, Baptist, I believe in baptism. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Oh, they got bugs. Let's get rid of me. Yeah. I, I believe in the million dollar studio. I got bugs crawling in it. Yeah. I believe in baptisms. Yeah. Yeah. Gifts of the spirit. Yeah. I believe in those. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I do. Laying on of hands. Yeah. I, yeah. I believe that. Well, we don't believe that in the Baptist church. We believe all those things ceased. <laughs> they, 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 no healing. And you with me, friends? And so we end up in a box of stupid religion, which Jesus himself said, you teach his commandments. Where is that? Where is that? Teaches commandments, the doctrines of men, making the word of God of none effective. It's the number one charge that he had against the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Who who were they? Uh, They were the church council of their day, the national church council, Pharisees and Sadducees. Matthew 15, verse 9. Just put Matthew 15 up there for me. Just Matthew 15. Let's see. The people draw near unto me with their mouth. They go, to, they go to Mass on Saturday night so they don't have to go on Sunday. They draw near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips. But dude, their heart is far from me. But in vain, vain, remember what's vain? Emptiness, worthlessness, nothing there. But in emptiness, they worship me for they teach for doctrines the commandments of men. They teach as doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the multitude, hear and understand, teach, making the word of God. Okay, you with me? I don't know how I got on this. Clay must have brought it with him from, from the hills of Tennessee. But that's what we try to do here every day, every day. Question, challenge you to question what it is you believe and why you believe that. Who told you that? Matthew Henry tell you that, did he? Hmm? Huh? Read that from John MacArthur. He tell you that, did he? Well, good. Huh? Yeah, good. Thank God. How do you know if they're true or not? Well, they've got big churches. So, huh? So, I got a big church. I got I, I got a big church here, don't I? Paul? Bigger than most. Better be listening to me than I got me a big church. Right? Uh, uh, what was the name of that guy made up? I drink Kool Aid. Jim, Jim Jones. He had a big church, too, didn't he? Yeah, he had a real big one. So, size is not necessarily the sign of life. Uh, people draw near to me, honor their mouth, their lips, their hearts far from me, but in vain do they worship, teaching commandments and doctrines of men. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. I, I'm, I, I know it. Okay, I'm going to let I'm going to let Reggie and Mel in here real quick. Nobody else yet. Go ahead, Reggie. Coach, I wanted to say something because if you study um, the ancient faiths of the Luciferian, I just call it Luciferian because it is. It's all a worship of Lucifer, whether it's what God, what God, doesn't matter. But then when you get into the history and the study of it, you will come to understand that in the communities of, let's just use the Babylonians, for instance, only for the sake of discussion, but it was everywhere. The the heads of the entire community of those people were the priests. They were literally the true. temple priests. That's true. So we got to think they, about that. They were that. the mayor, weren't they? They were the mayor of the town. They were everything. They ran the money, the community, the feast days. They set everything, everything, the sacrifice, everything. 
this very, very key point here <laughs> to keep in mind. So, 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 Reggie, I, I got a, I got two emails, one, one voicemail, on someone calling to correct me on how the church is the bride of Christ, and they, uh, they were really sweethearted about it, and they, they, they laid it out, they laid it all out. Now I didn't have time to go back and show them in the midst of their argument. Is something that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. What, what you're saying, whoever taught you that, that's not true. And if you ask anybody to explain to you how you know that the church is the bride of Christ, they will not be able to do it. And at some point they will have to say, well, it's just kind of a mystery of how it happens. They always, the Roman, that's Roman Catholicism. The it's mystery. Catholicism. They will use when they can't explain it or approved to you the mystery it's a mystery let it be a mystery and i i sent you something on the female deity right on holy mother church she and and yeah so it's really important these things they don't know but you gotta help them help them help them learn coach do you you remember do you remember these do you remember the (laughs) you know christianity was passed down through eons of time when there wasn't even a bible you know that when Jesus came along, there wasn't all of a sudden a New Testament. The New Testament was written after Jesus came along, and people talking about it. So the gospel of Jesus was being spread. The gospel of the kingdom of God was being spread without any books. How, how the heck did they do that? And then that's what made the Pharisees and the Sadducees mad because they said, stop doing that. We got books here. We got books here, rules and regulations here. You can't be doing that. You can't be casting out devils. That's not in our books, right? And so here we are. We're just a byproduct of books that have been written, passed down from generation to generation. And now we live in an age, thank God for the internet age, because now for the first time in our lives, many of us are seeing a different version of Christianity than we were raised with. Somebody say amen. Give me a thumbs up on that. And that's what's causing the conflict. Because I, they, well, Pastor Billy Bob, he, he never told me that. Why didn't Pastor Billy Bob tell me that? Well, because he was listening to Matthew Henry his whole life. He was listening to one interpretation. We have to be very, very careful. Evil men have crept in unaware. They've changed the truth of God into a lie, and they worship and serve the creature rather than the creation. We have pastors today who will tell you that homosex is okay. That transgenderism is okay. Go ahead. Well. What if, what if you're you're working on your research and you got your whiteboard and you're looking at your Bible and you're writing all the stuff up on your whiteboard, but the other person, like the person that left you those messages, they got their own whiteboard. They do. Okay. Well, sometimes you need to erase the whiteboards <laughs> and then look at it and, and put all the notes together on one whiteboard and then see where it falls in. That's what we try to do here. I try to have a whiteboard here, right? Hmm? And see, I, I don't. I say this because the whole idea of the bride of Christ, I'm not, I don't want to go to war over. I'm not going to go to war over that because it doesn't have anything to do with it, really. But boy, there are people out there who will go to war over it. They'll go to war over it. They'll go to war over the rapture, the soon coming rapture. I'm, I, I, I like to take every sin I have and lay it on the table and bet all of you that I die before there's a rapture. I'm, the odds of me being raptured before I die Anybody want to give me 100 to 1 odds on that? 
I'll put up a thousand dollars if somebody gives me a hundred, give, give me a hundred to one. So it'd be my thousand against a hundred thousand that you'll die before you're after. Hmm? Anybody want to take that bet? Well, you don't, it doesn't matter anyway because you won't be around to collect it no matter what, right? So, you know, again, yeah, there's no mammon in heaven. You're right. All right, I'm going to I'm going to try and move on here. Wait, a minute, I didn't. I said Mel. I never got Mel in. Come on in, Mel. Yeah. Hey, the church got corrupted early on. Um, you know, in the first, second, and third centuries. But what I want to mention now is um, we need to pray for Ray LeBlanc and the event that he's um, doing tonight. It's the um, Marshfield City Council meeting starting at six o'clock tonight. They're they're out there fighting against the you know drag queen and Pride Month and you know, really um, standing up to protect children from sexual exposure. So anyway, we need to, to make sure to keep him in our prayers and pray for that event tonight happening at six o'clock. Are you in here, Ray? Are you in here, Ray? He's almost every man. Coach, folks, can you, do you believe it? Do you believe us? Do you believe the stuff that we permit to go on? Church remains silent. The lie of the separation between the church and state, right? Not the lie that you can't push your morality on somebody else. The, the lies that we have believed. By the way, emanating from our pulpits, sadly. sadly. Penny, come on in. You're up there. And maybe you've got something for us. Yeah, I want to just say thank you, Mel, for for um, praying for us. We do appreciate it. And we've gone around to every one of the churches in um, the vicinity and posted uh, notes on their doors about what's going on. And we've had a few that have responded that they'll have a, you know, good five men coming with them or so. So that's good. good. (laughs) Okay. So thanks, Penny. Pull up real quickly for me. Number five, dying church. No, no. Is that one I want? Yeah. No, that's not the right thing. I I put the wrong thing. Dang, I hate it when I do this. Uh, Oh, go ahead and say something, Clay, while I look for it here. Here it is. Here it is. I'm going to send it to you, Spence. If no, you don't, that, that is it. If you don't mind, keep my mother-in-law in your prayers. Her name's Gwen Patton. She fell the other day uh, walking into her, her place of work and broke her shoulder pretty well. I mean, it's it's pretty badly damaged, so she's getting on up there in age and probably going to have to go through some surgery. That's what um, I'm praying for. I, hey, I got it right in front of me. How can I get what the heck's going on? What is going on here with this link? That doesn't, that ain't the link. There ain't no way that's the link. Whoops. Come on in there, uh, Jack and Myra. Go ahead. I got something to show okay. you. Three, three Christian lies that are the root that I believe are the root. Evolution. We all came from monkeys. Eminent rapture. And the false teaching on Romans 13 are the core lies that are defeating us every day. Amen. And Jack, the Bible says that you shall know the truth. And if the truth, if you know, it shall set you free. Right. I'm going to go there in a second. Come on in, Myra. Jared, I'm sending you something right now. Yes, coach. In regard to denominations, um, what you and um, Brother Parker are talking about, Ephesians 4. Four through five, there is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Hallelujah. In fact, he calls him the father of spirits. Did you know that? 
Almighty God's the father of spirits. Now, I got this on the screen real quick because 15 signs of a dying church and what to do about it. I'm going to run down through this here real quickly, and then I'll put it in the chat and you can deal with it earlier, okay? Number one, an unhealthy prayer culture in a dying church. Ask yourself, your church, is your church, if you still go, actively involved in prayer, actively involved in organized prayer? Number one, I would say 90%. No way, no way. Scroll on down. I'm not going to talk about the what to do, too. Attendance is consistently decreasing, especially after COVID, right? Go down to number three. This keeps going here. Baptisms are, aren't happening. In baptism, when's the last baptism in your church? Hmm? Folks, when's the last baptism in your church? Number four, people aren't being saved. Are people being saved in your church? <clears throat> are they? Number five. I don't even know if there had been a chance for being baptized when I was when I was at the Catholic Church. Like I wouldn't even be allowed to be baptized. I'd have to go through some training, some teach me how to be a Christian first. No, no, <clears throat> they'd have to teach me how to be a Catholic first. Then maybe I'd be baptized. Tithes are just decreasing. Good. Look at number six: the age of the congregation. Look around, your friends. Congregation you're going to getting older and older. The signs of a dying church. Lack of disciple-making. Mm, absolutely. Wow. Wow. When I got saved, nobody discipled me. All the pastor thought he was, right? He's trying to disciple 3,000 people, right? Come on. The church isn't serving others. Now, what does serving others look like? Well, number nine, community involvement. <laughs> Are you involved in the community? Oh, you go out and you'll, you'll give away a free Kool-Aid at the 4th of July parade, Right? And then hand out flyers come to your church. But are, are you actively involved in your church? When the city council has to make a one uh, decision, are they thinking about what the local church is going to say about it? Think, huh? I bet they're not, right? I bet they're not. Number 10. Number 10. I'm going to open it up. Change is resisted. Everybody should give me a thumbs up. You can all give me a thumbs up right now. Huh? You even try to change the order of the service. And they'll run you out. They'll get the they'll get the German shepherds, and they'll run you out the back door. Next one going down. Number eleven, relationship with God is struggling. Yeah, wonder why? Huh? The relationship struggling so much that they're accepting the, the the rules of the world, right? Commandments of men. Number twelve, congregations is preference driven, meaning our decisions made in your church because of what the congregation prefers versus a biblical reason. <laughs> uh, we think we think we ought to start loving everybody. I think we ought to start welcoming in those homosexuals, right? Mm-hmm. That's preference driven rather than Bible driven. Desire for affirmation from people versus God. The church is being taught not to offend people so people will accept you and they couldn't care less what God has to say about it. Number 14, your budget's focused inwardly. I'm going to say this, 90% of dollars that go into a church never leave. Never leave. All goes goes to salaries and all that, but it, it never leaves. Your budget's inward focused. And then number 15, innovation is rare. Mm. Hey, that's why I salute Clint Harper this morning. He took his folks to the street, and I'm sure that's innovative. I'm sure that's innovative down there. I bet there aren't many churches in Royston, Georgia, Showing up out on the street. That's innovative, right? Yeah, yeah. Judah, come on in. 
I'm going to open it up now. I'll let Clay. I'll let Clay rattle here a little bit too. Judah, then Paul. I'm kind of disappointed. Clay, did you spend the night over there or what? Say it again, dude. I didn't hear you. I said, Clay, did you spend the night over there to get there that early? That's awesome. Did you spend the night over here, Clay? Mm-hmm. My wife's here. Wasn't just me and Clay. Uh, uh, that sounded <laughs> bad too. Uh, yeah, Clay, Clay so, came in about ten o'clock last night. 10, 10, that's awesome. 10, hey, um, no, when you're talking about the that list, you know. Churches, you know, the, the, most of these places are saving people. And then what they're doing is they're holding them hostage based upon their giving. And if you don't give, then you're, you're out. But then you move yeah. into this topics like, hey, you're supposed to be responsible in terms of, it's not that political. It's that you're supposed Tithing to is dues. You're supposed to pay your dues. Yeah. And then they say with that funds, they can't go out into the community and support Christian political people that are in office. They say, no, we're not, we shouldn't get involved. And you're like, no, that's what we're called to do is to uphold the righteous. And, uh, you know, for example, <laughs> coach, I've been, I've been telling you about this, you know, even the, the center for Christian values is, is holding uh, Mike Pence as a keynote speaker. And yesterday, a very key person in the Christian community at my, one of the churches I plug into, great, great place, but I have to ask this question. He said, you shouldn't go down there and and, and tell people about January 6th and, and protest Mike Pence. He says, that will embarrass the Christian church. Yeah. But I told him straight up. I said, wow. that they need to be embarrassed because they're holding, I'll, I'll be kind. He is a treasonous official. That's that's what he is. Mike Pence, um, yes, yes. But it's just interesting that the the church will con- try to control you from going down and protesting against Luciferians. You make the church look bad, right? Right. And, and then Judah, what are they going to say? Hey, where do you go to church, Judah? And you say, Oh, I exactly. go to Brother Billy Bob's church. Oh, I, yeah, my brother Billy Bob. Oh, now that that explains a lot, yeah. right? How many, how many of you been out there? Come on, come on. How many of you had somebody tell you, you better stay away from that Coach Dave? <laughs> oh, you better stay away from him, right? As you continue to grow spiritually. Oh, you better stay away from him, right? Because he's not like Pastor Jimmy John over there. Pastor Jimmy John over there, he just loves everybody and goes along with everybody. I'm going to go to Pastor Jimmy John. I'm not going to go over to Billy Bob. Billy Bob's a troublemaker. Amen? Somebody say amen. 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 That's, yeah, yeah. Has he been to seminary? Has Coach Dave been to seminary? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Teachers come in. Well, we got them stacked up here. Thanks, Judah. We'll talk later about that event. Dr. Paul, then Jeff. Remember the uh, Flexner report, which uh, basically uh, um, guided physicians to take spirituality out of medicine. Um, mm, I say that since I'm still in the trenches here. A lot of people come to me for the fear and they just don't know where to turn. But wh- where do you go if you're fearful? Do you go to your pastor or do you go to your doctor? And so who really is the new priest these days? Yes, he is. When I, so when I come through my office and I got people that are actually didn't get the COVID shot, but they're essentially atheist or whatever. They're the easiest people to bring to Christ. They truly are. Wow. Interesting. Interesting, right? So many of us have been so religiousized. The problem we're dealing with is not the atheist. It's the, there I say it, the religiously wounded. Somebody give me a thumbs up. That's a good one right there. The religiously wounded. Man. 
<laughs> Brilliant. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, this is good. This is good. Uh, Jeff, now, good, Jeff. Judah, you still have your hand up. You want to come back in? Okay, but just telling you. Go ahead, Jeff, now. What I've learned from uh, a teacher was you have to leave your doctrines from the previous raising and so-called church. You have to eliminate it. It will hold you back. So the example is a pair of sunglasses over your face. That is your Presbyterian. That's your Southern Baptist Methodist. You have to take it off to have a clear mind and adapt to the truth. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Because it's only the truth that will make you free. But see, you're only allowed to look. Sadly, here's what's. The Bible says that healing is the children's bread. What does that mean? Well, I think that means that it is, if, your, if your child asks for food, well, of course. Of course. Here. Want some food here? Sure. Daddy's got all kinds of food here. Grampy's got grampy pills. And healing is a children's bread. So why aren't more people getting healed? Is it because God's old and decrepit? Or is it because we've been teaching his commandments, the doctrines of men, making the word of God of none effect? We don't understand it. We don't have any, we have no power. Why? Because I'm coming back to where I started. Our power has been usurped. The devil has no power. He can only steal power. Do you, do you, do you understand? And he's counterfeited. He's counterfeited Christianity. And that's why we were talking, uh, was it yesterday or two days ago, about new age stuff. It's old age. The devil has stolen the old ways. Mm. He's stolen the power. He's usurped the power. And he's called it new age. And he's called it crystals. And Oh, Lord, and we can't see why. Because there is no power in the church. There's no power there. Well, when we said this morning that... Uh talking about Satan being the prince of the power of the air. Mm. Who created the power of That's the right. air? He's not the king of the air. He's the prince of the power of the He's the prince of the power of the air. But listen, the prince of the power of the air has no power if he doesn't have the authority. And when Jesus died, he said, it's all over, dude. I got it now. I'm back in charge. Adam gave it up. Dag on Adam. He didn't hold up his deal. He gave it up. There's a new sheriff in town. I died on that cross. I'm taking back all power and all authority. It's mine. And the only power the enemy has is what he usurps because we don't know how to exercise that authority. That's that's it. That's it. Now, take any any situation in your life. I don't care what it is. Let's say, uh, well, I'm I'm right again. uh, uh, I've been on, uh, I've been doing interval fasting. I wish I could say there was a spiritual reason for it. There really isn't. It's kind of, I want to to lose a little bit of weight again. And so I went into interval fasting. And can I tell you something? I eat, uh, I have an eating window. It goes from about four o'clock to eight o'clock. I can eat every day. That's the only time I eat all day, four o'clock to eight o'clock. Can I tell you something? Are you looking at me? Hunger has no power over me anymore. It doesn't have any power. I said, I ain't eating. (laughs) I said to my, get it, Clay? I ain't eating. I'm sorry, stomach, I don't care how much you grumble, I'm not eating. Why? Because the only power the enemy has is the authority you give him. That's right. And the sooner we realize that they don't have the authority, they don't have any power. 
And as soon as you realize that the school board has no power over your children to teach them whatever they're teaching, as soon as you realize that and you exert your authority, their power is done. Oh, my goodness, if we would see this. We would see this. Because we have it backwards, right? The devil's been telling the pastors, the government's in control. You have to obey the government. They have it backwards. It's usurped power only because we don't exert our authority. We don't show up at the school board and say, quit cutting off boys' dingers. Stop it. And if we did, it would stop. But we have a false illusion that power and authority are the same thing. Oh, man. I bet you don't hear this in your Presbyterian church. Julie, come on in. Great show. Thanks. Um, Another thing that always, you know, these churches, when you first walk in, they want you to fill out these cards. What in the heck is a membership? Yeah. Just saying. Uh, well, membership is, they're hoping you're going to pay some money to them, probably. That'd be my guess, right? Uh, look, I don't want to go to any church that would make me a member. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. They will make me a member. I don't want any part of it. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Roger. Oh, Dave, I was going to speak to the queue in general. You know, I can remember trying to get you to our men's group a couple times, and uh, they just kind of looked at They'd rather have a nuclear bomb show up than me. But I think think to the the rest of the queue, what, what you have experienced at higher levels, many of us experience. And we have to get over it. Um, there is no doubt when I, when I come into certain environments, it's nothing about me being special, but many people in the queue should feel this way. You're like a borderline outcast. Mm. And I think it's because we think so differently. Uh, possibly it's more biblical, possibly it's more outspoken, but anybody listening to this queue needs to understand that's coming or it's already come to you where you're just you're like an oddball. You're you're all weavers here, and uh, let's see what he's going to talk about. You, Bible calls you peculiar. Right? Yes, peculiar. But we we want to embrace it. We want to embrace it biblically. Uh, we want to embrace it honoring God. We don't want to be you know difficult and yelling and screaming all the time. But you better embrace it because it's it's going to be in your life, especially as you incorporate some of your teachings and the teachings of others in the morning. Amen. You're going to be peculiar, but I can remember on a number of different occasions <laughs> thinking, man, we should get Dave in here, and I bring <laughs> it up to the, to the well, you know, I, you know. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. In the times I've ever been with you when you've spoken to a, let's say, a church group, the men all stand up and applaud. They love it. They love they, it. They, 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 who, in the, who in the world is this guy? They all, <laughs> they, they all, the ones I've ever been to, there's almost... They all stand up and they want to hear what we peculiar people are saying and thinking. There's no doubt in my mind. Amen. And because, you know, Roger, again, my coaching, uh, my coaching experience is this. So I had great assistant coaches. I had Coach Norm. I had Mark Collier. I just had a lot of great assistant coaches. And I let them coach. But you know what they always knew? They always knew I was boss. And they always knew that in a situation came where they thought something and I thought something, they kept their mouth shut publicly. And then we discussed it in the back room as coaches, right? 
but they never, ever attempted to exert my authority. Because if they ever did, we'd have had a meeting in the back room. That wouldn't have been quite as pleasant, right? Don't you dare ever do that again publicly. Don't you ever question me like that publicly again, right? And, and unfortunately, that works in football, may not work in church. May not work in church. But again, it's the, it's the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They have, they have usurped the authority. We've given it to him. Haven't even fought back. Joe Allen and Dale. Then Janine. Joe, Dale, Janine, go. Look look at this underlying problem that we have now. It's the greatest thing that we have is fear. Our preachers are not preparing their flock. Mm. Our government are not re- preparing our states. Mm. Look overseas what's going on. We got fentanyl coming across the border. People are killing us, kill themselves in the streets. Yep. Murdering people just like this past week in Texas. Yep. What's the great underlying problem? <laughs> well, you know what, Fear. Joe? I'm sorry, Joe. You know what I was going to do today? You can look them up so you can see I'm telling them the truth. I was going to talk about the spirit of death in America today. That's what we're dealing with. There's a spirit of death that's at work. Right, But it's good to know that the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The spirit of the law of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Amen. See, there's a spirit of death. And maybe tomorrow I'll jump into all that and let you look around and see. what Everywhere you look, death is being promoted. Everywhere you look. Go ahead, Dale. Well, hallelujah, brother. There's still a glimmer of light, a little bit of hope down in Louisiana. I'll take my ragtag Gideon's army against any of those other ones, brother. You know, I guess I'm opposite when you first said prayer, brother. I know for a fact if I had to sit back and go, I think we spend more time in prayer than any preaching that goes on in our church. There's the first one. Tithe out the window. We've never asked for tithe, brother. But yet, uh, what goes out of our church? Probably about 40% between missions and outreaches and things of such nature. Brother, let me tell you what, brother. Watching people being watching people in my church that that I seen born at the hospital and watching them now have children. I'm not looking for numbers. See, that's the world. We judge a church's success based on the number of people. I'll take my handful. You know why? You know what it's like to minute. You know what it's like, brother. Can you imagine? You got to minister to 50, 60 people a week. You know how hard that is because you're. Oh my goodness! Like, no man can do that. That's, that's, right. that's, that's huge. All about and you know what? It's not my job to build a church anyway. No. Matthew chapter 16 says, upon this rock, I Amen. will build my church. Amen. I will build my church. He right. will build the church. I'm not focused on the church. I'm focused on the kingdom, one soul at a time, plundering hell, right, to populate heaven. And so on Sundays, guess what? I got people seeing that we no longer have abortion clinics, right? And we go to the board means we feed the people. I got people now going down to the French Quarter, brothers, after Sunday morning service. Because the role of the of the of the overseers of the church is to equip the saints, For the right? To join them, to cover them, and to send them out to stomp on devils. And you know what else, Coach? This should be on your list. We're not afraid to eat crawfish. <laughs> I follow all dietary laws. And, and by, the, by, thing. by the way, Coach, you wanna, you wanna... I'm, I'm coming up to Ohio, and I got a phone call last night. You know that I'm coming to Ohio. Cal's Astro was going to want to come to my church the same weekend that oh. I'm going to be up in Ohio. Do you want to know what it's like to be betwixt between those two things? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It happens, huh? 
Sorry, dude. Sorry, dude. Hey, you want to find out where your pastor is? Do do this. Go to him. Say, hey, pastor, listen, just want you to know that uh, uh, I'm going to give all of my tithe money to uh, Pastor Salt Ministries. Because I heard you preach one time, pastor, that uh, we should give our money where we're being fed. That's funny. So, pastor, I found this great restaurant. And they feed me every morning. And I'm going to go do what you told me to do, Pastor. I'm going to go give my tithe where I'm being fed. Oh, then you'll find out how much they love you then, baby. Janine, come on in. Two things. Um, over About over 30 years ago, um, Wayne and I belonged to a small um, uh, Assemblies of God Church. Well, it grew so big that we had to build a bigger one. Well, once they built the bigger one, this is for you, Julie, we had to fill out cards um, and pledge how much we were going to to, uh, pay. Now, the reason why is because if they had defaulted on this huge loan, um, if you were a member, you really, in any church out there, are responsible for that loan, whether you know it or not. So we, when we left yeah. that church, we, I had to sign a paper saying we were coming out of it and no longer part of that um, church. Wow. Second, secondly, the, um, when we came out of there, I wanted truth. And so here's the formula. You pray and ask God. If, he, if you ask for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. Right. Plus, we ended up buying a King James Bible And what I did was I wanted no notes. I wanted no references because the word of God says you don't have to have any man teach you, but the Holy Spirit will teach you. Are you, can you use other things? Yes. But when you have notes and when you have references and everything else, you are using usually Westcott Hort or MacArthur's notes or whatever. So if you get all that out, you can help cleanse your mind and have the Holy Spirit do the work in you. That Jenny. he should be doing. Amen, 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 amen. Listen, John MacArthur, God bless John MacArthur. He learned his doctrine from somebody else, folks. And no matter what you think, he is teaching from that doctrinal belief that he has. What if he's wrong? What if he's wrong? What does the Bible say about it? Well, it's a mystery, Coach. It, it, it all works out in the end. It's a mystery, Coach. We can't figure that out. Really? Well, it's because your theology gets in the way of truth sometimes. Kevin and Craig, boy, we're running out of time here. Well, when Raj was talking and, uh, and you know, you brought out the word peculiar, the term that kept coming to my mind, which I think is, is just as applicable or even more, is set apart. And, and I don't think that means that we're put away from other people. I think we're, we're set apart from that crowd, almost like a standout. Like someone who actually stands out from the crowd, and, and I think I think set apart is very applicable for this Lonely Hearts Club band. Yes, I think so. I think what peculiar set apart. That's right, right? Hey, I ain't getting in. I'm sorry, I ain't getting in that mess. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I ain't getting in that mess. Sorry, I, I tasted that, and that ain't very good. And I tasted this over, and this is good. I'm just I'm gonna stay here, Craig. Let's have the coach, nice. Most of us uh, went to church because we just didn't want to go to hell. And two, <laughs> you know what? You know, John MacArthur, yeah, he probably got, I think he probably got some good teaching, you know. But here's the thing about it, Coach. 
You start to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Well, first, that statement is nobody works out their salvation. Salvation is a gift from God. It's your certificate. Now, what do you do with that certificate? You work it out. You You show people. They see it. Well, you learn. You go. Jesus was called a rabbi. We should have people who are teaching people what the scriptures are so they can feed themselves through the Holy Spirit to walk in the will of God and the authority of God. And many of us want to come in and we want to be, we want, we don't want to do any research. We want to put our time in, stamp in, I went to church and I'm going to be, we're this, this is a walk with the Lord. Amen. We're supposed to walk with the Lord, right? Work it out. And, Work out. and and just as you talk or I talk, I say, hold me accountable to the things that you know. Find them to be true. Because if we're all speaking truth, we will be confirmed by the Holy Spirit. Amen, baby. Amen. Amen. And by the way, Clay, I gotta get into working out a little bit mm-hmm. more. Huh? I gotta work out my physical health. I gotta work it out. Yeah. I got to work out my salvation. I got to work it out. Dave Allison. Yeah, in in mathematics, uh, when the, when the denominator is one, the only other whole numerator is one. Hmm. Anything less than that is a fraction. So think about that for a second. And uh, you know, I, and uh, Kevin came in. I, I like this. We're not the Lonely Hearts Club band. We're the Hungry Hearts Club band. That's what we're hard. I'm not lonely at all. I'm hungry. The Hungry Hearts Club band. Yes, yes sir. Yes, sir. But you know what, Dave? <clears throat> Chad Chad Estes is the one that coined that. He said, Coach, it's you got yourself a Lonely Hearts Club band. In other words, you have seekers out there that are seeking. But, Dave, you're right. They're not lonely. They're hungry. They're hungry. They're, fi- they're physically Malnourished. I'm sorry, spiritually malnourished. That's what we're dealing with here, right? And you can say what you want to. You keep coming back here because this collection of people here feeds you. Feeds you. At the end of the day, an hour together, some of you longer than that, you're invigorated. Just like you had a good meal. Now you can go out and face the day. And I believe that's greatly missing in the lives of most believers. Amen. Laura Ann, come on in. Just real quick, as I was listening to what y'all are saying, but like you're, we're supposed to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Coach, if you had your players come out just to play the game for practice and only on game day, and they didn't train in the locker room, they mm-hmm. didn't train in the gym, they didn't run, and they didn't train during off season, would they be starting the next season? No. Well, if they started, that's because we're lousy. That, that'd be the only reason, right? We'd right. So. You want your best players to do what? You have to train. And, and you know, just the first thing about training is it's got to be in your head. So if your mind is not transformed and renewed and we're not in the word and we're not on a training schedule, right, in season and off season, then we're no good. To, we're no good. We can't play. The sign in our weight room. What's said? Train like a champion today. Train like a champion today. That's working out your salvation. Train like a champion today, right? 
Not live like a champion because you're going to, but train to be one. Train yourself so when the moment arises, you're prepared to make that championship play. Train like a champion today. God bless you. See you tomorrow.